Hello and welcome to the 10th episode of the Mountaineer Insider Podcast. As always, I am your host, Caden Smith, and we've reached the double digit mark. It's a small milestone, but we cannot thank you enough for being a part of this journey. And to reward you all, we have a very, very special episode for you guys. A little bit of a change up. I've been throwing a lot of fastballs lately, high, fast down the middle high heat, but we have to switch it up. It's time for me to throw my change up. And what better way to do that than having a former student athlete on the show from the App State football program, Noah Hannon. As always, if you're listening, give us a subscribe, leave us a review. We'd really appreciate it. And go back and listen to some of our amazing episodes and conversations, because right now, guys, they're aging like fine wine. Our former guests are doing some amazing things. And I'm going to highlight a couple of those real quick. Our football student athletes that we've talked to, Tyreek Funderburg and Nate Johnson, both landed all-conference recognition from the Sun Belt. Tyreek getting first-team all-conference in his first season with the team. Also just got Sun Belt Defensive Player of the Week for his performance against Georgia Southern, Nate Johnson. First year with the program, second team all-conference nod. Both of those guys will be playing in the Sun Belt Championship this weekend. You also have Emily Carver from the women's basketball team, fresh off of her second 17-point game of the season. For the Mountaineers, Addie Clark from field hockey not only took home first-team all-MAC honors, but won a MAC goalkeeper of the year. What a huge accomplishment. Cross-country's Calvert Guest helped lead that team to a conference championship win win that he talked about wanting so bad for that team. They got it done. So listen back to all those episodes, all those conversations with those athletes, whichever other ones you miss. They'd really appreciate it. I'd really appreciate it. And it's clear that they're taking care of business, not only off the field, off the court, but on the court as well. Now, for our guest for this episode, Noah Hannon. It's a special one. He helped lead the Mountaineers offensive line four straight seasons as a starter at center, taking home two first team all conference selections, three championships. But most importantly, this guy's a brother to me. He's a dear friend. He's a man I stood beside for his wedding and someone who is most importantly a founding member and on the leadership team of the 3333 Collective on this episode. Noah's going to talk about all things 3333 Collective, how it started, how you can get involved, what they're actively doing to benefit App State student athletes. But we also take a big picture look at the NIL marketplace. What are the pros? What are the cons? What is the, how does this collective stack up against others? The NIL impact on recruiting, the transfer portal, the poaching that happens. We fully unpack not just the 3333 Collective, but the ever-changing, ever-evolving, and very complex world of collegiate athletics that we now live in. We covered all of our bases, and I cannot wait for y'all to listen. So let's not waste any more time. Noah is a talker, so let's sit down, strap in, and learn a little something about the 3333 Collective with our special guest for the 10th episode, Noah Hannon. Well, we are pleased to be joined by a former App State student athlete and a member of the leadership team for the 3333 Collective. It is Noah Hannon. Noah, my guy, how are you doing? Doing great, Caden. I'm, I'm excited about this. You know, this is when you kind of help organize this. You know, I've been a fan. I've, uh, you know, just been really happy to hear some of the great episodes that you've put together. You're doing a fantastic job. And we've got such wonderful student athletes at our school and for our fans to get to see that. But then now to get to hop on and hop in here with the shaman himself, Caden Smith, man, this is just so much fun. So I'm ready to talk about uh, and just chop it up with you, man. For sure. We're definitely going to learn a lot about NIL Collectives as a whole, what we have going on in Boone and every little detail. We won't miss a thing. But before we get into any of that, Noah, I know you're not a current student athlete, but you weren't one. You weren't not one not too long ago. And it just doesn't feel quite right starting off these episodes without some sort of backstory or introduction. So why don't you just start by telling the people your journey to App State, what that experience was like for you being a student athlete there? Yeah, for sure. So you know, from Greer, South Carolina, I uh, went to Greer High School, 
Um, you know, didn't really know much more about collegiate athletics out of, you know, what I watched on TV. So your big name brands and then Clemson and South Carolina were the two schools that everybody, you know, in high school was like, I'm Clemson, South Carolina, Clemson or South Carolina, one of the two. And then my dad and mom both went to ECU. And so my dad played football at ECU. So we grew up going to Greenville, North Carolina to games. And so I was either wearing purple and gold or I was going with my friends to Clemson or, or what I call Carolina, which is a, something else you have to kind of get adjusted to when you move to North Carolina. Everybody thinks that the Tar Holes are, are Carolina. But anyways, um, so kind of did that. And, you know, really football wasn't my passion. I really loved baseball and wanted to do that. Didn't really realize that I was had an opportunity to take my, you know, to really advance my life with a scholarship uh, with football until. Um, you know, made my way probably to my sophomore year. I was like, okay, like I'm getting pretty decent at this. Coaches started reaching out and um, started getting a lot of interest my uh, my junior year. And, you know, people were coming to school and ended up racking up a, a decent amount of, of scholarship offers and made my uh, unofficial visit up to App State. I was on a family vacation at Lake Lore and I showed up to App State and it was just uh, the coaches were on summer vacation except for Coach Clark. And so I saw Coach Clark and his son Braxton and Gianna were in the office. And the three of us and my parents uh, got to see Boone in the summertime, which we all know now is is unmatched. And I fell in love with the place. And, you know, uh, man of faith, I, I was like, man, I'm going to pray about this. And, you know, I'm going to say, hey, show me a sign, you know, kind of God, show me a sign. And And I went back, talked to my family, prayed about it. And everything kept tugging me. I was like, man, that's home. That's home. And so called the coaching staff back, told them I was ready to commit and committed and stayed committed that whole year. So this was in, in May of going into my senior, leading up to my senior year and saw the class kind of build. Thomas Hennigan, Malik Williams, you know, we kind of put together this, you know, class and we all kind of formed relationships and we were all committed before the season. And so then the Tennessee game happens or you were a freshman, you know, and um, I'm, I'm walking around school in my app gear and I'm a commit and everybody thinks that I'm on the team, you know, and they're like, man, did you see that game? Did you see that game? I'm like, yeah, hell, you know, heck yeah, I did. And so just got passion and I started going to all the home games as a recruit and just fell in love with the place, man. And then, you know, next thing, you know, wind up at app, earn a, earn a spot on the field and, and uh, enjoyed a, a fun playing career. But more importantly, man, met friends like yourself that'll last a lifetime, uh, was able to get a world-class degree in education and meet people that have changed my life forever. And so now I'm, I'm working in a place that I, I met somebody through the Yosef Club Advisory Board that I served on after I finished up school. And, you know, it's ended up being a great opportunity for me and somewhere, you know, that I'm excelling in my career. So App State changed my life and that's my journey. Appreciate you sharing that one. Noah won't share because he's too humble is that he was a heck of a football player. This is a guy who has multiple conference championship rings, a guy who's been all conference multiple times, touched the field immediately as a true freshman. So a guy who's definitely left his mark on App State. But now that your playing days are over, you've kind of found this calling to be around and be involved with App State athletics, along with your other responsibilities that you have in life. What would you say kind of sparked that initial desire to be involved with App State athletics and ultimately the inception of the 3333 Collective? Yeah, man. So, you know, I'll have to give credit to my mom, uh, Inez, and my dad, Chad. They they really uh, instilled at me at a young age of giving back. And I feel so gratefully indebted to the people that gave to the Yosef Club that, you know, gave my scholarship. 
that we finished the Myrtle Beach Bowl, and you can call Chase Cross, who was working the Yosef Club at the time. Anybody that's listening to this podcast familiar with him, you can ask. The next morning, I called him. I said, hey, man, I want to join the Yosef Club. And I said, I'm done playing football. Like, I want to do it. And I just want to, I want to give back because I realized that somebody made a sacrifice and gave their hard-earned money to help pay for something that changed my life forever. And I could see the future that, you know, that opportunity when Coach Clark and Coach Sloan, funny enough, they're both still here, walked into Greer High School and offered me a scholarship that it changed my life. And I feel so passionate about giving back to the things that gave to me. And I want to provide the student athletes after me. I want their experience to be better. And so I said, how can I make that better? So I joined the Yosef Club first. I said, I'm going to give that way because I want to give to scholarship funding. And then uh, while I was here, I took advantage of all the opportunities I had to meet the great people that went to App. And in that process, met some of our donors and some of our most loyal supporters that, you know, give above and beyond every day uh, to App State, both financially and with their time. And, you know, NIL started running. You know, I finished up school and, and, you know, you, I think the last part of your, your, your year, your last year, you got to kind of get a piece of it. And so my view of NIL was when I was SAC president, they brought it to the table, said, hey, let's vote on this. And I was like, man, scholarships enough, like this, that, and the other, you know, like, I, it's going to be fine. I think it's going to be crazy. End up, it is crazy. But, um, but nonetheless, I said, you know, if this is going to help improve the lives of student athletes, then I'll be involved. So they asked me if I'd come in and help be kind of like the student athlete liaison. And basically at the beginning, it was, they wanted my perspective as a student athlete that was recently graduated, but then also I'd already built rapport and relationship with them. And so the other thing was, I have the interest of the student athlete at heart, what their best interest. And so how can we make sure that when scheduling events, when we're, you know, taking care of their financial uh, well-being and this, that, and the other, that, you know, they have everything they need to be successful because you're handing opportunity and financial resources to kids that are 18 to 22. And some of them come from all different socioeconomic backgrounds, different financial literacy backgrounds, this, that, and the other. And there's this wonderful thing out there that we get to deal with on a daily basis, Caden, called taxes, right? And, you know, you give a 18-year-old money and they got to pay taxes on it. Well, you and I both know we've had guys in our locker room. You get money, it's gone. And so, you know, April 15th comes around, Uncle Sam and the IRS aren't stopping knocking. And so, you know, when I saw an opportunity to come in and help support these student athletes and change their lives in a positive manner, I was all in. And so when this group of supporters made this initial investment and have really went above and beyond, I cannot say thank you enough to all those people that got this collective off the ground. But when they said, no, will you jump in and help? Immediate yes. And it's been a great opportunity. We've helped some really great student athletes. And, you know, you've talked to some of them on your show. This is an engagement opportunity that we provide on this, you know, this Mountaineer Insider podcast. And, you know, there's some really awesome stories out there. And people are more than an athlete, right? You know, it's, it's, it's more than what they do on the field. And so to be able to couple NIL with that and provide you know, opportunities for these kids, man, this has been, it's been awesome. Definitely has been. It's been awesome to watch from afar and now being involved through the podcast. But NIL and collectives in general are fairly new. And with that comes a lot of gray area of exactly what they do and who's involved. Could you maybe explain to the people what the makeup of the 3333 Collective is and what y'all are doing specifically to help student athletes? Yeah, so 3333 Collective got started with, like I said, just a group of really committed people that say, you know, it started out as a small group. 
it was something we had to get off the ground quick. We didn't want to fall behind. You, you know, as, as you know, in college athletics and football and basketball, it doesn't matter. You want to have that competitive edge. And if somebody else out there had it, whether it was Alabama or whether it was JMU or whoever, we had to be a part of it too because we want to win on the field. We want to win in everything we do. And so we said, hey, everybody's forming these collectives. We got to form one too. So, you know, it's, it's, you know, we go to our, you know, the people that, that get it going all the time. We say, Hey, like, let's get this thing started. And they jumped in without hesitation. And they said, Hey, we're going to, we're not sure what we're doing, but we're going to figure it out. So they made an initial investment and we've been putting that money to work, you know, ever since doing deals, growing the pot, talking to more people. And so it's just really people that, that care about these student athletes and care about winning and care about, you know, providing an edge that we're going to win off the field and on the field. Right. And so, but the people that we work with through this, through this collective are student athletes that represent their name, image, and likeness in a positive way. When I provide the, when I have these conversations with these student athletes, the first thing I tell them is, listen, you get one name on the back of your Jersey. You get one, you get one reputation, you get one brand, which is what these athletes are building. They're building their own brand. And so I, I talked with, a, uh, with, with somebody yesterday and I said, the reason I'm calling you is because that name on your back of your jersey is your brand and you're doing a hell of a job of building that. And that's, on, you know, that's more than on the field. That's more than on the court. That's, you know, what you're doing outside of that. In the classroom, you have to be eligible. You know, you have to be, you know, willing to do things because we do things in the community to help support. You know, you have to be willing to do more than that and, you know, represent your family, the A on your jersey, all that other stuff. And so basically this group came together and said, we care about all that. And so now actually, you know, I'll just go ahead and, and drop a drop a bomb here. But, you know, it's we, we kind of had to just just run with it. And now, you know, what we're seeing is it's, it's, it's evolution, right? The, co- the collectives are growing. The NIL space is growing. The transfer portal, this whole world is just moving at a rapid pace. And we're trying to do the same thing. So we've heard the App Nation. We've heard you all out there. And we know that you want to get involved, too. And so it's not that we're not able to do that, but we are opening that up for everybody. We want everybody's support. This 3333 Collective is for everyone. It is not for just a select group of people. This is for people that really want to support NIL at App State and take that competitive edge and keep winning on and off the field, off the court, on the, you know, wherever we're at in App State Athletics. NIL, we have to win. And so Friday, the day that we're, you know, we're recording, I guess, today on, what is it, Wednesday, the 29th, on, you know, Friday, December 1st, we are launching, we're going live with a platform that's going to be allowed that's going to open it up so we can accept payment from credit cards as small as $50 to $100 to $500,000, whatever you want to give and whatever you can give. You can go to 3333collective.com right now and you can donate to the cause because I'm telling you, the urgency is there. These kids are working their tails off. They deserve it. They're building these brands. And for us to stay competitive and to stay on top of everything, we've got to get, we've got to have everybody. And so every dollar, everything that you can give and everything that you feel passionate about App State Athletics, about NIL, about these student athletes, I encourage you to go back and listen to these episodes. And every dollar that you give is going to go directly to these student athletes and providing them with what it takes to, to you know, get, take it to the next level. And so originally it started out as a group and we can't be thankful enough for them. And, and you know, they're going to continue to support this, this 
what they believe in, which is NIL, which is the collective, which is these student athletes in general and where we're going as a university and as a as a athletic department. But this collective is for everybody. It's for every App State fan out there. Everybody wants to make an impact, a direct impact on student athletes. And so I know that's a longer answer than probably what you bargained for uh, with that question, but I'm just so excited about to be a part of this. And I'm so excited to have been able to see from the start what these these original group, these founding members of the collective have been able to do for student athletes. The impact is is unbelievable. And we can't say thank you enough for their, they like I said, they hopped right in. But now it's time for everybody to hop in and to become a part of this thing. And I'm just so excited that we can open that up today, you know, Friday as we're, you know, or December 1st, we're about to go into a symbol conference championship game. We're about to host Auburn on national television inside the home center packed out, you know, on, on a, on a, um, on a Sunday on the, the third. This is awesome. What a weekend for App State Athletics and what a time to be involved in NIL. What a time for sure. That's definitely some exciting news, Noah, as far as people being able to kind of streamline that process and be able to give in a more timely fashion. And I think watching and hearing about the evolution of this collective has definitely been great to see and great to hear. What kind of feedback have you been getting from student athletes as far as what the collective has been able to do, the growth of the collective and how they've been able to kind of grow their platform, become financially literate, all that little stuff? What have the student athletes been saying? Yeah, I think, you know, first and foremost, I'd be remiss if I didn't speak about what I think is making the biggest impact. Like I mentioned earlier, you know, you don't know what these student athletes are equipped with from a financial literacy knowledge perspective. And so we've hosted uh, four or five already in the past. We've been launched now for we've been kind of working for the past two years. And and, you know, in that process, every single student athlete that has received funds from the collective is required to go to our financial literacy courses. And we tell them, listen, you know, when you receive these payments, you have to have money to pay to pay your taxes. You know, they're but but more than that, they're like, how can I grow this money? How can I save this money? How can I be responsible with this money? You don't have anybody saying, oh, sweet, I got some cash. I'm about to go buy a Louis bill. They're like, nah, how can I buy real estate? You know, and like that's that's so amazing to hear that we have student athletes that care about their future. And that's what this NIL has the opportunity to provide is an avenue for student athletes instead of scraping, you know, pennies together and thinking people are like, oh, well, these NIL people, they see all this stuff, these, you know, chains or these cars or this, that and the other. That's not what we're trying to do here. What we're trying to do here is these people have a brand. They're working their tails off in the classroom, on the field, this, that and the other, and rewarding them with an opportunity to use what their, their God-given abilities to go out and to change their family's life to change the the trajectory of their life to this money. And so the most proud thing I've been of is this financial literacy course that we're going to continue doing. Every student athlete that signs a contract with us, that's part of the contract is first and foremost, you've got to do this, invest in yourself. And the feedback that we have received from you know us pouring into them, not only financially, but also in providing them with the the abilities, the things that have come from those conversations have went, we've worked with people that have now graduated and moved on and are still talking about that class and are still coming back and asking for questions. So that's been my most proud thing. I'd say the other thing is just gratitude. I mean, you're talking about people that are just so happy to be supported. The same thing you get when you get offered your scholarship, right? You know, I just remember just feeling that overwhelming support that somebody believes in you. And so when I make these phone calls and I say, hey, you know, there's a group of people that believe in your brand that believe in what you're doing on and off the court, on and off the field, that, you know, 
that in of itself, just the overwhelming, you know, just gratitude that these student athletes have. And that's what the people need to know. When you're giving to this, like I said, you're giving directly to a student athlete. And that student athlete, it means something to them. Whether it's $5, whether it's $1,000, whether it's 500 bucks, it doesn't matter. Like they are so appreciative to think that somebody says, hey, you're doing a good enough job that you're, you know, you're representing yourself at 18 to 24, trying to figure out who they are as a man, woman, doesn't matter. You know, they're trying to figure that out. And for somebody to come alongside them and say, we believe in you and we're going to show it to you through this commitment, but then also turn around. And I think the other biggest thing, the feedback is these athletes get to, you know, be a part of these events that we host and get to meet some of the supporters that really want to pour into them. And the access and just the people that they're able to meet and the people they're able to network with, they're so appreciative for that opportunity. And so I think NIL is, and what we're doing through the 3333 Collective is just providing an opportunity for, for these you know, student athletes to really you know, grow in themselves, um, but also use their opportunity for good. That's definitely all amazing stuff. It definitely makes me jealous that it wasn't around when you and me were student athletes. That's for sure. Just getting those resources, getting that time and getting people pour into you like that. But let's take a wider lens view of collectives as a whole and NIL. I know you talked about this was a competitive field. It's something where you wanted to keep up with the times and you wanted App State to have a collective because other schools were having that advantage and they were starting to build those grounds as well. It's no secret that with NIL, the playing field isn't even. There's certain schools that can offer things that certain others can't. There's bigger fan bases. There's bigger donor bases. Uh, think about a school like USC where they're in Los Angeles. They're going to have different opportunities than you'd have in Boone. Could you maybe talk about the overall NIL marketplace and maybe some of the differences between these Power 5 schools versus what we have at the Group of 5 level in terms of NFL, NIL and how it's being managed there in Boone? Yeah, no, it's – thanks for asking. I mean, it's, it really is a – you know, you hear Coach Clark talk about it. You hear, you know, it doesn't matter if it's Nick Saban talk about it. It doesn't matter. It is the wild, wild west. And I think what us as collectives want and what the coaches want too is everybody's looking for direction. The NCAA, the, the government, whoever to come out and say, these are the clear-cut lanes that you can walk in and then go. But what we have right now is go – without the clear cut lanes. And so, you know, a lot of the things that used to be illegal are now legal. And then, you know, you know, so some people have had a head a jump start on this. You know, think about some of these power five schools that have been doing this handshakes, at, at, you know, behind closed doors for a long time. So they've already had somewhat kind of an infrastructure. It may not have been called a collective. It may not have been called like this, this, you know, recognized entity, but things were happening. So, you know, for us as a group of five level, one thing we're not going to have is we're not going to have the same money as Auburn. We're not going to have the same money as Texas A&M. That's never going to happen. But what we do have is we have an opportunity to, to make a difference in our student athletes' lives at some level, right? And so what you have to do, what you have to understand is about what we're trying to do here is we're coupling what we, what we care about from, you know, like App State. You have to think about all the great things that made us choose App State before NIL was even there. You know, it's the it's the family tradition. It's the it's the competitive edge. It's it's what the coaching staff, the family. You know what what we both fell in love with. What I told you at the beginning of this, when I met Coach Clark and his family, like I fell in love with that. And so you have to work with that, and you hope and you know that all the student athletes at App want to be there. Okay, so you got to work with that, and then you also have to understand that you know we are trying to really 
put emphasis on pouring into these athletes and that we can provide a more intimate experience from that standpoint that we care about more than just giving you money. And I can't speak for, you know, the, the power five schools, this, that, and the other, but a lot of that stuff, and I've talked to some athletes, it's very transactional. It's, hey, what can you do for me now? It's, here, here's money, what can you do for me? Not, where are you going? When we do deals with these student athletes, it's, where are you going? So our selling pitch may not be, okay, so I'm just going to use two big-name players here just so we keep, keep it, uh, you know, anonymity here. So, you know, Caleb Williams, if Caleb Williams jumped in the portal tomorrow, we would not be able to go out and compete dollar for dollar with anybody for Caleb Williams, okay? And I think that everybody, anybody listening to this that think that we could, it's not. LA's different. Boone is a different, you know, corporate marketplace, you know, a different donor size base, this, that, and the other. But, you know, what we can do is we can work with our student athletes to say, hey, like, that's crazy out there and all that other stuff. But this is how we're providing value. And that value can get you there over time. Okay. So, like, you know, even though that you're like, for, you know, you think about us, for example, some of the connections you met while you were at, at App State have helped you get to where you're sitting right now in your professional career. And over a lifetime, you may do that. And your shelf life in this athletic career is, is, is so great. But I think the other thing is just being real with these kids, man, is that you don't know where they came from, what they're dealing with at home, what they, you know, their view on, you know, life is. And the reality of the situation is some of this money and some of these opportunities are life-changing. And so just being real, every time I have a conversation with, with, with student athletes, whether they're thinking about, you know, testing the waters or whether they're thinking about this, that, and the other, is I'm real with them. And I say, listen, you know, there's a percentage of student athletes, I think the bad of the transfer portal, the bad of NIL, is people jump in thinking that they're going to get X, and then they get in there and there's either not a spot for them or they don't get what they think that they deserved, quote, unquote. And so, but I tell them, I say, listen, you know, you have a home here. You have people that care about you and want to see you get to, you know, to where you want to go. So what are your goals? And we try and pair them with maybe mentors or this, that, and the other, along with NIL funds that say, hey, we care about you more than what you're doing for us transactionally. And so I think when you think about the broader lens, you have to be realistic. App State 3333 Collective, we want to be at the cutting edge and we want to be competitive and we want to do this, that, and the other. But the reality of the situation is it's just like athletic budgets. App State athletic budget is never going to match Alabama's. And so instead of being unrealistic about it, you have to find your competitive edge. And what our competitive edge is, is the resources that we are able to deploy. We're deploying anything and everything that we can to these student athletes. So when you support the collective, they're getting the full force of whatever we can provide to these student athletes. And then, you know, we're giving them what we can, right? Like they're getting the opportunity that, you know, we care, right? And so you have to find that competitive edge. And then just know that sometimes, you know, the kids are the most important part here. So if it's going to change their life, then it's going to change their life. And you don't know what, what's going on at home. And so being realistic and keeping the main thing, the main thing, which is when you get into college athletics, it's about making sure that these student athletes make the most of their opportunity in the classroom, on the field, and going to, you know, change the trajectory of their life. So it's, I think as long as everybody, you know, I don't think that everybody is doing this, but I know here at App State, here at the 3333 Collective, that we are, have, and always will have the best interest of the student athletes at heart and on top of mind. And I hope that that's what the NIL space, what athletics continues to be. And I hope that that's where this is going.
Yeah, you can definitely hear it with your words and just hearing other people talk about this collective specifically. I think it's no secret that when you look at the trajectory of college sports as a whole, money and, and the monetary value of things just starts to go up and starts to become more prominent, the more NIL starts to become prominent. But it's great to hear that kind of what y'all have going on with the 33, 33 Collective and, and App State in general is kind of just trying to lean into what App State was already having going for it as far as the people, the culture, those things, the the, the human touch, kind of that, that, that feeling you get on official visit when you come to App, no matter what sport, that parents feel that, hey, we can, we can leave our kids here, that we can trust these coaching staffs, these people that we're putting yeah. the hands of our, of our student athletes and our, our children in. We're going to know they're in a good spot. So I feel like that's a great combination of kind of pairing the NIL collectives with the things that App State already had going for it. But you kind of touched on it, too. It's it's definitely trickling in to recruiting as far as NIL goes, especially with the prominence of the transfer portal. Now, could you maybe talk about what you've seen or perceived as far as the impact that NIL has had on recruiting? Because I think it's very clear with all things. It's it's a double edged sword. There's pros and cons to it for sure. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. Pros and cons are there, you know, for the people that have endless amounts of cash. It's a hell of a pro, right? Because you can just go out and buy, buy, buy. So for example, if and these are all you know, theoretical numbers, you know, let's just make them round numbers here. Let's say that Caleb Williams, at, let's just say that um, USC, and I have no knowledge of this, is getting a million dollars, right? And he knows that he's going he's gonna to go and get a million dollars. Well, if he's going to, let's just say he's a, Caleb Williams was, let's say Caleb Williams was our quarterback today. And USC reached out to, Somebody in the back channels, because that's most of the times what's, what's happening we're seeing, is that somewhere down the chain in this student-athlete's life, whether it be a high school coach, whether it be a trainer that they had, whether it be somebody, you know, maybe there's even sports agents now for college kids. So maybe they're reaching out through all those different things. And they say, hey, man, if you hop in the portal tomorrow, we can give you a million dollars. And let's just say he's getting, Caleb Williams was getting $10,000 here at App State. Well, if you're... 18-year-old Caleb Williams, what are you doing, Caden? I mean, just being honest. It's it's hard not to it's hard to turn that money down, that's for sure. Right. And so and so that's the that's the thing you're dealing with in recruiting is when you look at group of five versus power five, that argument, that's it's really not comparable because that is that's the disparity there. And so these power five teams, they may have endless amounts of collective budgets that go millions and millions of dollars annually. And so they may be taking third string, fourth string guys. Everybody on their roster is getting money. You know, they may be getting third string, fourth string guys that are getting first string group of five level money. And so, but they're they're able to just dispense that money. So at our level, we have to be a little bit more calculated with how we disperse the funds and how we spread it out. And we're not just helping football. You know, you're helping the whole athletic department. So you got to make that money go even farther, right? And that's why we need everybody's help to to join. But when you talk about the transfer portal, we want to be competitive. And we're not ignorant to the fact, like, you got to have NIL to win. you got to have players on your campus to win games. And so that's why this is important. So if I can implore you all enough to support, you like winning games in any sport at App State? This is important because in recruiting, the first question that these kids are asking now is, what kind of NIL do you have for me? That's the question. It's not, hey, you know, what's your chemistry department look like? It's, hey, coach, what's your NIL look like? And so if we don't have a competitive NIL program, then sometimes you may even lose out on a conversation, right? And the question, people are going to be like, oh, well, it's old school. Like, we want people to be here because they want to be here, not because they want NIL. Well, the reality of the situation is NIL is so prominent right now that every kid, regardless of how their mind's made up, is thinking about how much money can I make in college doing money. So the reality of the situation, we can't be ignorant to it, is 
that we have to have and we have to be competitive. And so you'd like to say, hey, it'd be awesome to say we're leading the group of five in NIL in, in, in the race. And so that's where you see yourself being effective on the recruiting trail. The other thing is you may be more successful right now at App State in recruiting high school talent because all these other schools are saying, oh, well, I've seen you know three years of film. So instead of going out and taking my chances, I want somebody who can play now. Maybe they saw someone in FCS that they didn't really want that slipped to the crack because they were a couple inches shorter, a couple pounds lighter. And they're like, oh, these boys can play. I'd rather go take them with experience than have to worry about the three-year development process, a red shirt and everything else. So maybe we find our niche in high school and that doesn't cost us NIL money. But then you get a situation where you have a Jalen McLeod pop up where somebody came through, he slipped through the, the proverbial cracks, right? And I think you can say that because it's clear to see that he's SEC talent material. He's out there, SEC defensive player of the week. You know, he, he led the Auburn University in tackles against the Alabama University. And so, or the University of Alabama, my bad. Sorry, Nick. But anyways, uh, I just want to say that, like, like, you know, you have people. Okay, well, now it's, okay, how do we keep your people, right? And so it's about creating that student-athlete experience, creating that environment and leaning on that. And that's where I think, you know, we have to be competitive and excel. No, definitely. It definitely sounds like a competitive space. You've mentioned the wild, wild west aspect of it, trying to figure out what rules are allowed, what rules aren't allowed. If you were in charge, if you were the one who could have the say all as far as NIL goes and the rules and regulations, what things would you change about it right now from a student athlete standpoint, from a school standpoint? What rules would you change as far as NIL goes to kind of make it more clear and make things, whether it's the transactions, whether it's the recruiting, what would you change about NIL if you could? Yeah, I think the one thing that there has to be some some rules on it when how you can talk and i think it needs to be monitored i don't think that we should be able to have you know people at ucla or wherever reaching out to the high school coach from 15 years ago in a different state saying hey tell your kid like you know we got to offer for 500k then that guy enters the portal well maybe they said that to somebody else and then the kid ends up being you know kind of taken advantage of and then when he hops in the portal that's no longer there and so uh i i would say you know, regulating and really, you know, getting a grasp on how these channels are controlled from a uh, a perspective of of trying to figure out how to to maintain, you know, how these kids are getting reached out to. I think that that needs to have control. The other thing I think is that we need to provide opportunities to these kids to be successful. I think that, you know, having financial literacy training, having tax advice, having, you know, different ways for these student athletes to, you know, make sure that they're doing this and receiving this money responsibly. I think that that should be a requirement, whether that's in the law or however you do that. Uh, the other thing I think is that, you know, at some point, student athletes need money. I mean, the amount of money that these schools and everybody is making off of these student athletes, you know, it's got to a point to where they're saying scholarship is not enough payment. Okay. So if that's not enough payment, you know, how do you regulate it in a way to where it's limited? Because I don't think that, I think that like a Caleb Williams or a bigger brand, should be able to make more money than your backup long snapper at App State. Like I've got no no problem with that. But how do you put a a per share basis on that? How do you regulate the cost? Because you got to kind of reel it in a little bit. Because I think that the disparity in college football between you know these these perennial powerhouses, these un these un like you know even in the Power Five, you're seeing it. These budgets get so big, and then it creates a bigger gap over, you know, like just in the SEC, just in the ACC, doesn't matter. And so how can you put a, not a, 
a cap, but how can you make it more regulated that there's a, you know, more of a cost per action basis? Because I think right now we have a, you know, well, technically the way it works now is if Caden Smith was playing and let's just say an app state donor said, I want to pay Caden Smith half a million dollars. All Caden Smith technically, there's no value of what gets you to half a million. And so you can't pay for play, which everybody knows people are paying like out there are not doing it the right way and are paying for play. And so it's Caden Smith could say, all right, well, you got a son. I'll wish him a happy birthday. I'll send you a 30 second clip. And then he could write you a check for 500 K. And I don't think that that's right. You know, how do you put a value on, you know, making sure that what people are getting paid is actually what they're doing for their name, image, and likeness. Because are you paying for play or are you paying for their brand? Are they appearing? I think the initial thought of what NIL was going to be was, hey, Caden, appear in this commercial and you get a proceeds of the sales that they make off of your name, image, and likeness. You know, and I, I love brand deals like that. And I'd love to see, you know, that be more of the, the model per se. But the fact that, you know, people can just put a value however they feel like value is, however they see value fit, it makes it really easy to make that pay for play model. Okay. I just want to see more rules. I want to see more guidance. I want to see the NCAA. I want to see the government. However, because the other thing is too, that makes it hard, Caden, is these states have different rules and laws. And so you see, I think a, the biggest example that, that most people would be familiar with is Quinn Ewers. And, you know, out of high school, he wanted to go to Texas and he was one of the top recruits in the country. And, you know, Texas didn't have good laws for NIL at the time when he was getting coming out. And so he ended up going to Ohio State where Ohio had really favorable laws for NIL because their state government had been a little bit more aggressive with it. And so then he went there, never played, got paid a lot of money to go there and just not play. And then in the meantime, that's not the reason he transferred. Obviously, there was other reasons. There was people, really good quarterback ahead of him. But, you know, there um, there was something that the Texas laws changed over since the time that he was getting recruited. And so then Texas was able to offer him a similar, you know, deal to entice him to get him to come there. And so it makes it hard because you could be in Ohio, you could be in Texas, you could be in Florida, we could be in North Carolina, and our rules could be completely different. So nobody's playing on the same playing field. And, I mean, I'm all about a competitive advantage, but I think when it comes down to making it hard on the student-athletes, I think it's not fair. And the last, I know I'm talking, but the last thing I'll say that I think is the most unfair and I've seen from my perspective is student athletes at this age are dealing with a lot. School, trying to figure out how to acclimate to college athletics. And you throw in trying to make a life-altering decision of changing university and life-altering money into that situation. At that age, are you really prepared to make that decision? you know, for what's going to change your life. And so I've had conversations with athletes there, what they're dealing with and what these schools and this wild, wild west is putting these kids in a predicament to make the decisions that could ultimately change your life. I think it's 76% of the athletes that enter the portal never come back out. And so I think that that in of itself is putting these athletes in a position to make a decision that they shouldn't have to make. And so I would like to see some type of regulation that takes that pressure and that, you know, you know, decision away from the student athletes and puts it more in a controlled, more, um, I guess, well-equipped hands to deal with it.
Yeah, definitely a lot to unpack there. And I feel like the the moral of the story is that there there needs to be more rules and regulations. I feel like that's what everything from a collective, from an athletic director standpoint, from a coach's standpoint, anyone involved in this other than the student athletes who are young men and women who shouldn't have to be making these decisions. We're seeing that we need more rules and regulations because there's a lot of blind spots and things that I feel like weren't accounted for. They're, they don't talk about the kids who hit the transfer portal. They don't get make it out of the transfer portal. They don't talk about the NIL student athletes who have deals that go sideways, don't go the right way, that aren't being handled properly. And then the student athletes get burned. So I definitely think everyone can agree there needs to be more rules and regulations. But we've talked a lot about kind of the student athlete side of things. But I know you also talk to different coaches at different sports at App State. Could you maybe talk about how you would say the coaching side of things from what you've heard and seen from App State's coaches has been impacted with NIL and the transfer portal and stuff and how they have to manage their roster and how some of these coaches now even have different roles that they probably didn't imagine they were going to have to play when it comes to coaching, now having to kind of man- manage and analyze and work with NIL along with their jobs as well. Yeah, well, I think the biggest thing, man, is that these coaches, you know, they're in a race to recruit. Doesn't matter what sport you're in, whether it's cross country, whether it's, you know, volleyball, whether it's basketball, football. In recruiting, they are trying to sell the opportunity to that student athlete, that individual opportunity. And so they sell it a multitude of different ways. You're getting this from the university. You're getting this from a a, a financial aid perspective. You're getting this from a program perspective. This is what the environment student athlete or the student environment looks like. This is what the housing, this whole package, right? Well, when I was getting recruited, there was a part of that package that doesn't exist, that what didn't exist that does now. And it's a big part. And it's what the student athletes care about, unfortunately. Unfortunately, it's what they care about. But they're saying, all right, well, that's all good and great. What's your NIL package look like? And so now these coaches are having to sell, you know, what is our NIL program? So one, the coaches want to know what, like, what is my NIL, NIL, when I go and talk to these recruits, what can I say? Right. And so it's, you know, how do you manage that to say, okay, well, you know, and you can't promise anything. The other thing too, is it's, you can't say, Hey, if you come here, you're going to get this. And so, because that's, that's not legal and people who are doing that are doing it wrong. And so we'll never tell somebody, Hey, if you come here, then you'll be guaranteed this. Right. When we, when we talk to people, it's okay. Well, you know, this is what we have done for student athletes. This is what we have the ability to do. If you come here, you could have the potential to earn this, you know, it's, and so that's how it's got to be done, but you have to be ready at the time where the kid is sitting in there with their parents or whoever. And the thing is too, that we're seeing Caden is parents care about this because some of these athletes, like if you think about baseball, most baseball student athletes are not on full scholarship. And so some of these other sports are not on full scholarship. So their parents are thinking, okay, well, if I'm getting an extra couple hundred dollars a month, an extra couple thousand dollars a month, then that's money that they can go straight to their tuition that can help subsidize the scholarship. So different sports have different needs where football, most guys are full scholarship student athletes is how much more extra money can I put in my pocket? Other student sports are like, okay, how can I make this look like that they're getting full financial aid? How can I make it, you know, get them to a point to where they're not coming out of pocket for their education? And so different sports, the arena is so much different from basketball. You have a smaller roster. And so two players, for football, you may need 12 players to make an immediate impact. Basketball, you may need a big man and a small man, and you may be ready to roll and win a national championship with the right two people. And so, and the same thing goes, you want to go like volleyball. You may need an outside hitter, somebody that's just going to score you a bunch of points or a, a killer libero. You know, softball, you need a cleanup batter or a pitcher that's a stud. 
baseball, you need a closer, weekend starter. Like you just don't, the needs are so different. And the, also the recruiting environment that I've learned, because I only went through it as a football player. And so getting to hear and kind of understand what the recruiting time periods are, what the portal looks like for baseball is different than what it looks like for football, different than what it looks like for basketball. And so the biggest thing is that recruits want to know what does your NIL program look like? And so how, how can we put out there, you know, this is why you know, providing in a platform like this is so huge, providing financial literacy. So you know that when we do NIL, like you have an opportunity. The other thing that our athletic department has done, which I encourage people to check out as well, is we have an influencer platform. So every student athlete can sign up to the influencer platform. Every listener out there can sign up their business or their personal account influencer and have direct access to NIL opportunities with student athletes so they can connect with them and engage with them to the influencer platform. And that's readily available. And you can do that outside of the collective. And I encourage you, if you have interest to do that and to help these student athletes as well as you can, but showing them that, hey, like we have this availability. We have, we are providing you as the athlete with these experiences because you can't tell somebody, hey, if you come here, you're guaranteed to get X amount of dollars. You're going to get this, that, and the other. That's not what you can do. But you can say, hey, this is what we have available. We have a collective. We have influencer platform. We have businesses. We have you know, people that care about you. And so that just becomes a part of it. And so when you talk to these coaches, it's provide me with whatever you, know, you can that will help me you know, sell this. Yeah, there's no question that there's a ton of arms and, and legs that are involved with NIL and this being such a new thing. But I think the fact that App State and people like you are kind of taking the bulls by the horns, trying to navigate this as best as possible, make it as as best as possible and as good as possible as it can be for coaches and student athletes is such a great thing. And really appreciate you sharing so much of that knowledge. Could you maybe your last comments, what's your final remark as far as the 3333 collective, the NIL space as a whole, what's the last thing you'd like to say to the listeners as far as how they can get involved and what else you'd want them to know about the 3333 collective? The first thing I want them to know is that, you know, first thing I want to say is just thank you, you know, to anybody that cares because you're caring about a student athlete and from a former student athlete, but myself and Caden as well, you know, you know, just how much it means to you as a student athlete to know that people care and support just as much as your butt in the stands matters, you know, the support now and this situation matters. And from a competitive standpoint, we all want to win at App State and NIL and recruiting, as you've heard, and retention and everything. It's, you know, all about the student athlete experience. And NIL is a crucial part of the student athlete experience in 2023, 2024 and beyond. And so, our competitive advantage is going to somewhat hinge on our ability to grow this. And so the first thing is I'd be remiss. The group, the founding group of this 3333 collective went and did more than expected. And I cannot say sing their praises enough for doing that. And, you know, we've done the best that we can with what we can do. And now it's time, you know, we need everybody and we want everybody to help and we want everybody to know that they're a part of it. And so the biggest thing I can say is just, you know, we need it and we need it now. And these student athletes need it. Every dollar that you give is going directly to these student athletes and, and you're making a difference in what's going on off the field in these student athletes' lives. You don't know some of these student athletes, the testimonies I've heard that they're able to send money back to mom and dad, to grandma, to grandpa, like to, to pay for part of their education, as I heard. Not everybody's full scholarship. And so you're making a direct impact. And, you know, I cannot also implore you on the sense of urgency. There's, you know, like I said, it's all about now. The portal window's open. So people are seeing, oh, I'm getting this, that, and the other, and they're hearing things. So we need to have as many resources as we possibly can now. So I just encourage you, you know, you matter. We've heard you. We know you want to get involved, and we're asking you, go to 
collective.com right now. You can donate as, at any point. And I just want to let you know we are in the infant stages of opening that platform up. It is secure. The checkout link is secure, and we'll be able to take that, get it to student-athletes' hands as quick as possible, um, and provide greater opportunities and make a greater impact. Um, but the other thing is just stay, stay involved because we're coming out and we're going to make this the best NIL platform and program that we possibly can. And so we're going to have more opportunities, more ways to give, more ways for you to see benefit as the giver. And we want to make sure that you know that we appreciate that. So we are, we know that we're not all the way there yet. We know that we're here. We know that we need it now. We know that you're able to give now 3333collective.com. You can donate now. But the other thing is there's more to come. So just know that there's more coming. Well said, Noah Hannon. I said that was the last question, but I lied. As a common tradition on this podcast has become, we're going to hit you with a surprise rapid fire. Rapid fire has become a staple on this podcast. So are you ready to answer five quick rapid fire questions to end this thing out? Fire me up. First question, Noah, if you are still a student athlete, what would your dream NIL deal be? My dream NIL would be with NetJets. And I would like to work with NetJets and I want to have, I want to fly wherever I want, when I want, and I want to be able to fly my family to games. And I would like to be able to take, you know, I, I'd like to just, you know, put NetJets, a little sticker on the side of my helmet, put on my warm-up gear, don't care, make posts, um, you know, and just be on NetJets, man. Definitely not a bad option. Next question that's become a staple for the rapid fire. What What is your favorite restaurant in Boone? Dang. Well, I'll tell you what. Does, can it be the surrounding areas, Boone, Blowing Rock, and Banner Elk, or does it have to be Boone? We usually keep it specific to Boone, but for you, I guess we'll let it slide. We try to keep it as local as possible, something relatable to the area of Boone. But if you want to, if you want to go to Banner Elk or, or, or further down the mountain, just don't, just stay away from Charlotte. All right. <laughs> well, I'll just say I went. I actually had the pleasure today of eating with Jerry and Margaret Moore at Bistro Roca in uh, Blowing Rock, and so that was on my mind. It was. I think part of it was because I got to eat with the legend and his wife uh but other than that the food the atmosphere was my first time it was fantastic so i just wanted to give that a shout out and anytime you get to eat with the with jerry moore is just it was an absolute treat um but no i'll, I'll go in boone and I, i'm gonna say basil and uh it's indian restaurant uh i have to give a shout out to jacob huseman for you know getting me to be brave enough to try it uh you as well Caden. you guys uh introduced me to uh to basil and it has really i'm not I'm, I'm gonna say it started my culinary journey to exploring new foods and i and I, I i am indebted to basil for that it was a great first experience i ended up frequenting it after i found it and i ended up trying more foods and now today my palate as you know well no my palate has very much grown and it really stems from that basil experience so it's my favorite restaurant I think you're confusing basil with mint, the Indian restaurant on Boo versus another restaurant on Boo, but oh, I, I appreciate, I, I, I appreciate, mint. Mint, mint, mint will appreciate the shout out. We'll get it cleared away. Noah meant mint, the great restaurant in Boone that's Indian it's food, mint. but. Mint. Next question, and I'll let you expand further than Boone for this one. We know you're an avid golfer. What's your favorite golf course in the high country area? This is where we'll let you operate and get outside of Boone a little bit more. Yeah. So, um, I love golf. And I'll just say I've had the amazing opportunity to play some unbelievable courses. And if you just drop the pin on Kid Brewer Stadium, the amount of top tier, I'm talking five-star golf that is within a 15-minute, 20-minute drive from any direction of Boone is unbelievable. 
and I feel unbelievably blessed to get to have have gotten the opportunity to touch some of the best courses, not only in the state of North Carolina, but in the country. And, you know, I would say that my favorite up to this point has been Old Linville Golf Club. It's uh, it's right down um, 105. If you just go straight down, it's on the left. It was, you know, 1892 uh, was established. It's they've got wooden flag sticks. The experience was great every time I've got to go out there. Um, actually, you can corroborate this with Jalen Virgil. I've taken the fastest swing uh, east of the Mississippi, which is belongs to our teammate, former teammate Jalen Virgil. Um, and he got to go to Linville. And I'll tell you what, man, it is the environment there. I'd say a close second for me right now is uh, is Elk River. But you could go as far out to Jefferson Landing in, in West Jefferson. What a great course. Diamond Creek is unbelievable. Uh, grandfather got to play that this uh, um, this summer with some good friends. Just great. But I'm going to just go and let you know, if you're in the high country and you don't have the opportunity to play some of these private courses, Boone Golf Club is the best public golf course outside of maybe Beth Page in the country. Hot take from Noah Hannon. Noah, if you could go back to your time playing football and yeah, play a different position on hot. the field, what position would you play? Um, I'm going to say probably punter. Um, the position that I play, as you very well may know, was um, very physical, and I enjoyed that while I was there. Um, when I get out of bed in the morning and my ankle creaks and my shoulder creaks, um, I think about how good that – uh, Xavier Sabach feels at his age. And so I definitely sometimes, I never was a fan of specialists in the locker room because I was jealous of them, which makes me want to go back and be one. But the punter doesn't have as much pressure as a field goal kicker because I've hated our field goal kicker many a times. I love him, you know, as a person, but I'm going to go punter. And you'll get to touch the ball every play like you were able to when you're on the field for center. So another plus there. Last question for you. I know you've listened to all of these episodes before they've even come out, but what is your favorite episode interview, the most insightful conversation you've heard on the Mountaineer Insider podcast so far? Wow, you're going to do this to me. I got like I, I love I love all the people that have that have come on this show. This is this is messed up. Um, uh, I'm going to tell you what. I think that Maya Winteroff's episode has really been my favorite up to this point. Uh, you know, I think everyone has had something special and interesting, but, you know, Maya gave me some insight into a sport that I probably didn't have that much of a knowledge base around. I really enjoyed Addison Beam's episode because I love golf, obviously. I thought Kate Houston did a wonderful job on her episode. The cross-country episode um, was unbelievable. I just think that that – Every we just have has such great episodes. It's such a good menu. You can really pick and choose whatever you like. And I just think for me, you know, Maya has just been such an un unbelievable person to work with, and and she's such a great example of what App State student athletes have to offer, as well as all the other podcast episodes. But I felt like I learned so much from listening to Maya's episode, and it's the one that came to my mind first. Well, Noah, that's the end of Rapid Fire, and that's the end of this episode, hopefully your new favorite episode. Appreciate you sharing with our audience everything about the 3333 Collective and everything about NIL. Yeah, can I, can I say one final word? Go for it, man. I just want to say thank you to Caden Smith, man. You've been doing a great job taking this around with this, your, you know, your creative masterpiece. I think another thing I'd like to tell the listeners out there, Caden Smith's a perfect example of what App State's all about. This is somebody who came to App State and did a wonderful job on the field, but you can see what he's doing off the field. 
He rolled right into his professional career using connections and things that he built while on the field. And I mean, just the, you're so eloquent when you talk, you, you really guide the listeners through it. Just a, such a pleasurable experience, you know, while you're riding down the road. I, I just love, I, I can't wait to listen to the Mountaineer Insider podcast. I can't wait to listen to your Frary and Smith podcast. You know, I, I love following you on on three, man. And I just want to say, you know, these are the kind of student athletes that we have. Caden Smith's a great friend, a great, you know, leader, and just somebody that I'm really proud to know and be a part of. So, man, we're so happy to have you from the collective to, to you, man. We just want to say thank you. And you just do such a wonderful job. So thank you. I'm touched, Noah. Thank you so much. That'll do it for this episode. Really appreciate the kind words that you said at the end of this episode and all the great words you said during the episode. So that'll do it for this episode. We'll see y'all next time on the Mountaineer Insider Podcast.